What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio. Transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho, I am the one-armed madman. And with me today, we've got former Border Patrol agent J.J. Carroll in the house. J.J., how we doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here today. Man, and, and what a great time to like be doing this. I, there's so much going on right now down on the border. Before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you become a Border Patrol agent? Uh, my father was a Secret Service agent for 27 years, and he was my hero. Uh, looked up to him greatly. He was a huge man, bear of a man. Um, and I played college football on scholarship, and I knew I wanted uh, that same type of feeling, that camaraderie and a mission that's bigger than myself. Um, and my father directed me to the Border Patrol at that time in the late 90s. Uh, the federal government had a hiring freeze, except Border Patrol was hiring. So my father said, join the Border Patrol, son, and if you don't like it, every agency will hunt you down and recruit you because he had several Border Patrol agents working for him in the Secret Service, and he, they were his go-to guys. So I went out there, went through the academy, went to the Border Patrol and Imperial Beach Station, my first duty station, which is the southwesternmost point of the United States of America. Okay. And the moment I, the moment I stepped foot on that border, I fell in love with my job. Absolutely loved every second of it. Um, so what the things that you and I are going to talk about and I'm very passionate about, um, I just want you and your audience to know that I am in no way uh, anti-Border Patrol or sure. angry federal government sure. employee. I am very proud of the men and women that I worked with that, and that, that work for me and very proud of my career. I just have a very disdain for what is happening in America today. Yeah, absolutely. Situation. I, uh, I lived down in Southern California for five or six years. I was in Temecula area. So there was a lot of border patrol okay. down there. There was signs everywhere, hiring, hiring, hiring. Yeah. And border patrol was a big presence around there. And they were always good people. Like it wasn't like for me at 19 years old, when I saw sirens, I, I keep my head down because I had reasons yeah. to be keeping my head down. But the border patrol, man, you knew that they were there doing their jobs. They weren't going out like looking to wreck people's day or anything like that. No. They were literally just trying to make sure the country was safe. And I had a, just a great amount of respect for them. And, you know, and, and like that, the crew atmosphere, that's something that I miss probably the most about not working anymore was being in that crew atmosphere working with the guys, the the camaraderie that you get. Like we would, we flew into North Dakota where I was working and we would work for three weeks straight. And then we'd get four yeah. days off. They'd fly us back to Idaho. And you're spending more time with your coworkers than you are your family. And they become your brothers yeah. in a, in a deep, deep way. That's like even stronger than blood in a lot of cases. I mean, the guy who saved my life up on a, my whole crew saved my life, but still to this day, like the guy who came up and got me off the pole, we've got a special connection that you can't generate with just anybody. Right. It takes something, no. you know, intense and personal to like really build on that relationship with those people. So I totally get that aspect of it. Well, it's a small world. You say Temecula because that yeah. was my last duty station. Uh, I was deputy patrol agent in charge of 
Temecula, and now it's called the Marietta Border Patrol Station. So as you're very familiar with that Interstate 15, that's a, a corridor for narcotic and yep. human smuggling. Uh, so the people that I supervised, we, we ran those highways and the back roads through the eastern parts of uh, California. Um, it's the Wild West. A lot of parts of California is still the Wild West. Oh, absolutely. I'm from the, the Emerald Triangle. So we were, you know, the 101, same thing. It's that big drug corridor, yeah. Mendocino County. They'd start setting up checkpoints. And, you know, sometimes you'd roll through four or five checkpoints in a day when you're just going yeah. up to the motorcycle track. And, you know, they're, they're catching people. These, these aren't just going out and putting on a show of force. They're catching people, a lot of people. Yeah. And from what I understand, no, yeah. it's not like legalizing marijuana in California has not slowed down no. the, the narcotics ring at all. Not, not one bit. I ran a, uh, a large maritime landside unit of about 50 Border Patrol agents and Office of Field Operation guys and uh, National Guard all the way up to San Francisco. Um, so seeing a little cartel would took over the human smuggling trade and used the open bow Mexican fishing vessels called pongas and load it with like five to 10,000 pounds of narcotics. And my unit, we would be on the land side and we would track these boats and finally take them down. And you're right, the laws have, haven't changed anything there's such a demand for uh, narcotics. Um, you're seeing a direct line between the, the completely open border now, and I know we'll get into this, but yeah. there are hundreds of miles where there's not one single border patrol agent, if you can imagine, patrolling the border. So you can take a direct line from the open borders to the drug overdose deaths that we have in America. Under Trump, at the very end of Trump's presidency, it was 50,000 drug overdose. And even Trump said this is absolutely inexcusable. We cannot have this in America. Yeah. I, Fast I, forward to today, we're looking at close to 150,000 overdose deaths. And you can take a direct line from the open borders and the cartels shipping tons and tons of hard narco into America because we have absolutely no sovereignty in America anymore. So how long were you working as a border patrol agent before you started to notice that there were some major problems down there. Was this something that is a, a more recent development? Like when I was down in Southern California, 2004 through 2010, I don't remember it being as big a problem. Was that just a publicity? It wasn't as big in the news or has it been getting progressively worse over time? Well, in my book, I just have a book published invaded. Uh, and I go through the, the, the dates, how this all happened. I have 24 years in the Border Patrol as a frontline agent and as a high senior leader manager. So I have a very unique perspective where I ran task force, I ran ATV units on the border. I know exactly what's going on the border and I also know how the policies get moved down and what they truly mean from up top in DC down. So when I went to Imperial Beach, it was the 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 kind of the end of the, the, the last quarter of Operation Gatekeeper where we, the federal government poured money into uh, manpower, technology, uh, vehicles, ground sensors, you named it. And we started to win, but we never won because it didn't matter if it was a Republican president or Democrat president, it's a uniparty when it comes to yeah. immigration. They gain power and wealth. So that is the driving force on all of this. So nothing got done, but there is nothing 
nothing has ever been seen like it is today. And let me just give you some, some numbers. In, in, in my career, everyone that we arrested, everyone was either called VR, voluntary return back to Mexico or their country of origin, or they were formally deported. Nobody, zero, let me just make sure I'm very clear, zero people were let just walk out the door. That, if, if you would have told me that this is happening 20 years ago when I was in, we, we, we laughed at you. We are like, you're insane. That's never going to happen. Yeah. So let's go today. Every single person that's being arrested or, quote, encountered at the ports of entry are released. Now, to get you some context of what everyone's being released, let me give you some numbers. For 18 months straight, we have been averaging between 250 and 300,000 people a month that are being arrested or being, quote, encountered through the ports of entry. So this year, we're going to surpass 3 million people that have been led into the country. So after Trump's, excuse me, Biden's third year in office, which is coming in very rapidly, his third fiscal year of the federal government, he is going to have arrested over 7 million people and released over 90% of them. Now, that number is shocking when you start to millions. I haven't begun to have the art to articulate the millions that have gone un, undetected and absconded into our country in the open borders. So in my book, Invaded, I show the numbers. I have experience, data, uh, sources throughout DHS and Border Patrol that feed me information daily. I know conservatively, since Joe Biden has taken office and Mayorkas, the secretary of DHS has been in control, that we have between 10 and 15 million people have been allowed into our country. There is no country on planet Earth that can sustain that type of invasion. No, I'm not great at math, but uh, we're talking a significant percentage of the country coming in every year. That's unsustainable. Yes. I mean, you don't have to be a, a Harvard grad no. to, to it, put those numbers together. Well, let me give you, uh, I'm real big on uh, everything that I'm saying today and everything I wrote in my book is footnoted. Um, I believe in data, and I, but I believe in factual. This isn't. I'm not telling you what I feel and, and what I'm hoping. I'm telling you exactly what's happening. And it's indisputable. People don't, they don't even try to argue anymore. It, they're just shrug their shoulders and go, yeah, this is what we're trying to do. But just think of this. You just said that's a large percentage of our numbers now of population. Yeah. The, a website called CIS, Center for Immigration Studies.org, has been around for decades. It's it's one of those very few websites where everybody said a think tank, right? That everyone says, yeah, they're they're right on the money. We don't even argue with them. So they're like the gold standard. Their main researcher and demographer just came out in March with a study that was so shocking. I'm rarely shocked, right? I'm rarely like, whoa, holy cow. I had to read it two times just to make sure I got everything. But in executive summary, what they said was, between the, the years of 2016 to 2021, because that was the last census data they could get, 77% of total America's population growth, total, were from foreign nationals, illegal aliens in our country and their children. Wow. 77%. So when you start to do the math, 
you're looking at if this continues, and I see no reason why it should not continue, in one generation, we are going to have a complete and utter demographic shift in America. And I tell people, this isn't about race or ethnicity, because 175 nations on planet Earth, there's only 195, okay? 175 nations are accountable through our arrest data in the Border Patrol. So there's every race, color, whatever you want to categorize people, they're coming. I believe this is a demographic shift in America between citizens and non-citizens. And it's already manifested itself in violence in the big cities. And we are about to see an explosion within, I believe, within months. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I see it personally. I, I'm here in, um, in Idaho and I rent rooms out at my house. And I can tell you that 60, 75% of the people who apply for my rooms are not from this country. You can't do background checks on them. You know, mm -hmm. like if you've been living in Colombia for 20 years and you've been here for a year, I have no way at all to find out if you're a murderer, if you're a good person. I have to rely on, on you know, my own judgment essentially because there's – there's not enough people to rent rooms out up here. So I, I have to go with right. migrants at some point and it sucks like having to just use my judgment, which yeah. well, here, has failed, I, I'm glad <laughs> which you, has failed I'm, me I'm a bunch glad. of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's a point of contention that, so when you hear, when you, I, I, I wish that you and I were talking about, I believe in the greatness of America. I believe that, that, our founding fathers were intellectual giants beyond anything. I believe God had a his hand on our nation when he created it. There's no other explanation how we became so powerful, so prosperous, such a nation where you can be anything you want whenever you want, right? Yeah. We're not perfect because we're not in heaven. But when the government tells you things, if you believe them, you are either, either part of the problem or you are intentionally trying to be grossly ignorant. Yeah. So when the federal government says, well, all these people you're talking about, JJ, that we released, we vetted them. They've had background checks. And I always go, okay, you have to understand, just like you said, that Colombian that you rented your room to, you can go back a year and see if he's committed crimes. You have no idea. So when they say background checks, they're doing background checks on individuals for crimes in America. They have no way to go to the Sudan or Uzbekistan and find out who the hell these people are. So the reason why they're vetted and cleared and they don't have background checks, the background, any derogatory, because they've never been in America before. Yeah. And this is their first time. Colombia doesn't have but, a system where, no. they, where they can keep track of their people. I mean, these guys are showing me videos of, of their hometown. And I mean, it's, it's a wild, it's a wild place. It looks fun. I mean, they're riding dirt yeah. bikes and four wheelers all over the streets all throughout the night, but you can tell that there's absolutely no law and order in that country. But do you whatsoever. want to live in a, do you want to live in Idaho and I, have people driving their, their bikes and running all over and there's no law? No. I mean, let's, okay. You, I, it's almost as if you're queuing me up for answers all the time, but you're not, but I just want to say, this is great because you're saying to me, you describe that what it looks like chaos. Yeah. And, and, and people say, well, what does that look like in America? Well, you don't have to 
I don't have to have a theoretical discussion with you to say, well, this is what it might look like. It's happening in the big cities right now. Let me give you an example. Chicago. Chicago is a sanctuary city, right? Chicago has uh, almost 600, 700 homicides a year, uh, three to 4,000 shootings every year. Chicago, their school systems, they don't have, they have no schools. I mean, this is hard to even say out loud and believe it. Zero schools that have one student that's proficient in reading and math in any of their grades. Okay. This is that city. Last month, the city council diverted $51 million from their coffers to help house 10,000 illegal aliens. And let me tell you what that looks like. They took a elementary school inside a neighborhood, okay? Turned it into a homeless shelter for 583 men. Majority from Venezuela. And overnight, this neighborhood got transformed into a crime and gang den. They have male and female prostitution. They have people brandishing weapons. They have hard narco being sold. They are actually attacking the residents in Chicago. So when you say, well, what does this look? What's the manifestation end game? This is what it looks like. And I don't know where in Idaho you live. You said Northern Idaho. So I have to assume- I'm in Boise, Boise area. Boise, okay, so Boise. So you're going to get a major influx of this into Boise. Now, can Boise, you just had 10,000 people bring Chicago to its knees on its social welfare. They're, they're, they're busting at the seams. So you're telling me Chicago can't handle 10,000? Do you think Boise is going to handle 10,000? Oh, we can't. All this crap, all this homeless crap started in Boise. People don't really know this. They think it started in Los Angeles or San Francisco. But here in Boise, there was a big case that went before our Supreme Court where they decided that telling somebody you can't camp out on a street mm-hmm. is cruel and unusual punishment. Yep. And, and you're seeing this happen. Yeah. And you're seeing this happen in New York City. New York City has 8.5 million people, right? They have 90,000 illegal aliens in their city now. And they broke them. The, the mayor, Adams, has come out and said, yep. these people are costing me, me, our city, $4.3 billion, billion with a B, annually. They have thousands of military-age adult males living on the, like living and sleeping on the streets all over New York City, defecating on the sidewalks. There's nowhere to go to the bathroom. There's nowhere to live. 50% of New York City's hotels are dedicated to house illegal aliens. Think of that. And they destroy them. Oh, they destroy them, like down to the bones. Now, prior to this invasion into our nation, New York City's shelters, homeless shelters, were always at 100% capacity, always. So now, over 50% of the homeless shelter capacity is for illegal aliens. So the question that has to be asked immediately is what happened to the other 50% of that 100 that were U.S. citizens before the illegal aliens pushed them out? Where the hell are they? Yep. Well, I'll tell you, those homeless veterans and those families are living on the streets. So we're such, we are so morally decayed in America that we will help and facilitate housing, food, and everything for foreigners, and we will kick our brothers and sisters to the curb. That, now, that's happening here. How's that in fair? Idaho. 
That's happening here yes. in Idaho. Right down the street from my house, we had a place called the Idaho uh, Rescue Mission. And it was for homeless <laughs> vets, essentially. Like, you know, we've got vets that are blowing their freaking brains out every day in this uh-huh. country. And it's Way nice to. that we would do something for them. And what do they do? They close the place down and they rebrand it as the Ukrainian Refugee Welcome Center. And I get pissed right away. I go, oh, my. They're going to be bringing in military age males from a war torn country. They're going to be selling drugs. They don't speak our language. This is bullshit. I am freaking pissed. And then a month, two months, three months go by. Nobody in the parking lot. I never saw anybody. And then finally, one day, they had a big party there. And I go, what the hell is going on? I dig into it a little bit. And wouldn't you know it, Brad Little's wife is on the board of the company. So it's literally just a a pay for access. Hey, you want a meeting with Brad? Donate some money to the Ukrainian Refugee Center, which has nobody living in it. Yeah, I hate to say this phrase, but but it's so true, is you just follow the money. Yep. So this is, people need to understand that the illegal immigrant situation is it's, it's a feeding frenzy for billions of dollars, federal aid. Let me, I'm Catholic. I love my faith. I I can't stand the facilitators of my faith and the Catholic church is one of the largest, the largest corruption schemes in America when it deals with refugees and illegal aliens in my book, I show that over the last couple of years, the Catholic Church has received over $3 billion in federal aid. Billion. That's okay? insane. You have Lutheran Family Services, Catholic Charities, uh, yeah, uh, Jewish Family Services, Lutheran Family Services, the United Way, and a bunch of small non-governmental organizations we call NGOs yeah. that are just making billions annually to resettle these people. Let me tell you, there's a great uh, investigative reporter named Michelle Malkin, wrote, has written many, many books, incredibly highly intelligent. And she did a deep dive into these NGOs and the Catholic charities. And what she found was mind numbing. So let me just give you an example of what this looks like monetarily for these corporations and, and small companies, like, like you said, uh, the gentleman's running Ukrainian refugee yeah. help place. They're just getting, the government gives them money. They don't have to show what they're doing. But let me just show you how greedy these people are. So when an illegal alien comes into our country, either gets asylum, parole, or some other garbage where they can just stay, which is against the law, number one, but they can stay. We give them every, the highest amount of federal aid Social Security supplement income, WIC, Section 8 housing, we give them cash, and we give them loans. And I just wanted to fo- just make a mention on the loans. Yeah. So the federal government has no way to go and be a, uh, you know, go out of service and, and get this money back, right? Collection agency, they don't have the time or the people to do it. So they, they contract it out to the NGOs, to Catholic Charities, Lutheran Family Services, and what these religious organizations do, they become the collection agency and whatever they collect and shake down from the illegal aliens that they're supposed to help, they get to keep 50%. Now, are you telling me, I would love for Jesus to come down and say, hold on a second. In my name, you're collecting money 
from the, the people that need your help the most and you're shaking them down. But that is how the level of corruption, not only in our federal government, but in our, our supposed to be great social program and people that are supposed to help. We're sick, I think, as a nation. We're morally bankrupt on many, many levels. And this is just one that's being spotlighted today. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. The The moral decay in this country is just so apparent. If you're not seeing it, you're not paying attention. Like you said, you're either being willfully ignorant mm-hmm. or there's something wrong with you. Um, I you agree know, with that. I, I was watching a report earlier today before we were doing this. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. went down to the, the border last night and Something that I wasn't expecting is they're going through the line of people and they're asking, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? And most of these people aren't from Latin America. They were no. China, Uzbekistan, uh, all, all bands that I can't remember, you know, just yeah. all over the place and very few people from Mexico. And, you know, they're, they're asking them questions. How, what, why are you coming in here? Jobs, 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 jobs. And then they go into the FEMA tent where the, you know, FEMA officials are, yeah. are working. They go asking him the same question. Why are people coming here? Oh, they're coming here for asylum. Yep. It's like, what? You Not right one up. of those people said lie. they were here for asylum. It's a lie. It's all a lie. It's accurate. The asylum program has been bastardized beyond belief. But, and you, and you hit on many things there. Many, many things within so let me let me make sure your audience understands because people don't know this. Like they, the very first thing when, when I have a discussion with somebody, race always gets brought up like, OK, you're obviously a white guy and you're a racist. And I go, OK, number one, I'm not going to have a discussion with you if you're going to just make blatant, blatant statements. I did this job for 24 years. This has nothing to do with race. And to show that you are the racist and you are the grossly ignorant that you don't even understand that the Mexican nationals don't even make up less than 50% of everyone we arrest. And if you went deeper into Latin America, you would see probably we're less than 50% of everything. Everyone else from across the globe is coming into America. This isn't a Mexican national. That That is so 20 years ago. It's everyone across the world, off the world. Let me give you an example. We have seen a 3,000% increase in Chinese males coming across the border. What, why are Chinese military-age men coming through the Darien Gap in Panama and coming up to America? And I'll even go a step further through my research and through my sources down in, in Panama. They're saying these Chinese nationals do not take the same route as the other poor Latin American countries where they get raped and murdered and killed. They take a safe passage to the America and they get released. How, who's paying for that? That's who's crazy. paying for that? The cartels own everything. Nobody makes a, a move through Central America and Mexico without the cartels getting their pay. So who's paying exorbitant fees for a special route for Chinese? There are terrorists. We DHS now says we've arrested 125 terrorists this year. That blew last year's highest ever, 98. I know from my sources and, and my experience that that is a laughable. It, if it wasn't so deadly, it'd be a joke. 125, 
I'm telling you, there are thousands of terrorists in our nation right now. That'd be my guess. Since Biden has come in. Sure. And we are, I hope that I am, I hope I'm so grossly wrong. I, I, I hope I'm wrong about everything, but I know in my soul I'm not. We are going to pay a heavy price in terrorist attacks on our nation. They're sitting here waiting. I have a chapter in my book where I write about a standing army of criminal aliens in our nation. I go through, I go through DOJ and, and the, the jail stats, and I explain, and I take, I take the number down to bare bones, and I can show that there are millions of individuals in our nation that are criminal aliens, illegal aliens, and we do nothing about it. Do you know that there's almost 5 million people in America today that have already gone through the process, the asylum process, gone to see the immigration judge, et cetera, et cetera, that have been ordered deported and they refuse to leave? 5 million. And we do nothing about it. And that's growing every day. And we do nothing about it. Does anybody remember 9-11? Does anybody, does anybody have any idea of history past yesterday? If you look at Rome and Greece and all the great empires, one of the major, main, the main driver of those collapses is they expanded too much. They brought in foreign nationals that had nothing, no, no patriotism, no, no desire to be part of Rome or Greece, and they died from within. And they Same killed thing. their, they killed their working classes. They just yes, completely they killed their middle classes by by doing that. Yeah, I've. And, and you can look at one, there was a, uh, I don't know if you remember this poll came out, was it, I think it was April or May, and people were like, couldn't believe it. And it was a Wall Street Journal poll, so it's not right wing by any imagination. And they showed, they did a comparison from the 1980s to today, and they showed that patriotism toward our nation is down 32%. Okay. Believe it. Can you, can you take that number and see the influx of millions of people that do not care about America. They just want to take what is ours and see that patriotism is down. Well, what does that look like in a lifetime when you have people in your country that will not go to war for it, will not fight for it, will not follow your laws? Well, how do you think that's going to end? It's going to end badly. That's the only, that's the only outcome that can, that can take place. So, I, and I'm passionate about this because I see it for what it is. And I'm not going to be, I've had people try to make me quiet. I've had uh, been called vile names. This is just the truth. If you don't want to hear the truth or you don't like me, you don't like the way I do my hair or what color my skin is or how my voice sounds, it does not change the fact that what I'm saying is the truth. And that's the point that I want to make is what I'm telling you is happening today. You don't have to guess or wonder. Just open your computer and hit Google and Google, you know, criminal aliens in America, New York City and crime, sexual exploitation of children. Thank God for the Sound of Freedom, the movie that shows how we are the number one consumer of child pornography and abusing children. There's a direct line from the open borders to sexual exploitation of young children. In America, you are, per our government, per our founding documents, we are the government. We are. So when our government allows children to be sex trafficked, it is you that is allowing it to happen. It is me that's allowing it to happen. Yeah. that was People don't like to want to talk about. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Of those 3 million people, how many of these people are criminals? 
How many of them are honest people looking for a better life? And how many of them are children who have been drug over here against their will and maybe forced I can give into you that terrible data. decisions? Okay, well, I'll give you I'll give you some some data and the and the federal government's actually now curtailing it and hiding it. Okay, so let me give you two things. First, HHS, Health and Human Services, think of them as like child protective services for the states, but HHS is like the federal version of it. And they handle, if I'm a border patrol agent and I arrest, you know, 100 illegal alien children, I turn them over to HHS. HHS has now, through Mayorkas, made this statement in congressional hearing, we are over 650,000 children that have been arrested, okay? Under Biden, it is over 400,000. He has lost, their words, not mine, they call it lost, over 85,000 children, where they don't know where those children went, who they went to. They, the majority of them they are given to is non-family members, Ugh. okay? The, the star of Sound of Freedom, Tim Ballard, the agent that, that if you haven't seen the movie, you I should. It's, it's incredible. It, okay. So Tim Ballard says, and I agree with him and all the data points to this, that thousands, thousands of that, of that 85,000 are children under five years old. So let's stop for a second and understand I'm a father. My son was one. He's going to be 12 soon. He was once five years old, three years old. How in the hell do people allow their children three years old to be left alone on the border? And here's a dirty secret. Well, it's not really a secret, but a lot of people don't know, but government agencies know. And it's not even disputed. Six out of 10 women and children making the trek from South, South America, Central America, into Mexico, into the U.S., six out of 10 are raped or sexually abused. Uh, Six out of 10. Some organizations even that are far left, like UNICEF and Refugees United and all those people, they actually say that number is conservative. The real number is about eight out of 10. Uh, so, but I, I want you to, okay, let's go back. I always like to have some critical thinking to this and, and, and looking beyond the problem. So the problem is we're bringing... Every month is about five to 6,000. We call them unaccompanied alien children, UACs for short. Oh my so God, we're, having, we're having five to 6,000 UACs, meaning children that are one years old, barely walk, to teenagers. Five to 6,000 a month are still coming across the border and being arrested. And we don't do anything to stop it. So we're allowing sexual trafficking of children, labor trafficking. Do you know that we're finding 12, 13, 14-year-old kids in meatpacking plants in Nebraska at 2 o'clock in the morning cleaning up blood and guts? Uh, my son's tw he's almost 12 years old. There's no way in hell my son's working in a meatpacking plant at 2 in the morning. So if, if my son can't do it and I won't allow him, I find it abominable that we would anyone would ever do that. Why is the little kid from Guatemala supposed to do it? This is America. How in the hell is this happening? But it's happening tens and hundreds of thousands of times. Hell, if that's the worst that happens to this kid working in a meatpacking plant at midnight, 
count himself lucky. He should be being passed around to multiple pedophiles every day, five, six times sexual acts. This is very hard to discuss. It makes people recoil, but it must be discussed because it's happening and we're allowing it in America. I'm telling you right now, every agent, ICE agent and Border Patrol agent that I speak to tells me one thing, all of them, we're doing nothing to stop any of it, any of it. There's no law enforcement strategy. So what I'm telling you that's happening today is tens of thousands of children are being sex trafficked every month through our borders and into America. Let me give you another example of what's happening. We call them family units. There's a policy within DHS. So I come across the border with my wife. She's not my wife. She's just somebody that cartels paired with me. I'm a deported. I've already been deported before, and I have multiple crimes, drugs, spousal abuse, kitty porn, whatever. But because I'm part of a family unit, they won't, they won't deport me. Our government just released They don't want me. to separate the family unit. Separate family. Okay, but I have two young kids. They're they five yours. and seven years old. They're rented. I, the, the cartels rent the kids to me. I take the kids across the border, and then the cartel walks them back into Mexico and then rents them again. And you ask yourself, well, we do DNA testing. We do, okay, hold on. Number one, we don't do enough DNA testing because it's so overwhelmed. The system's overwhelmed. And guess what? If I'm a Border Patrol agent and I have a chance to actually catch my breath and go, whoa, hold on a second. This is this is not right. Guess what? I can't DNA test anymore. Why? Because the Biden administration did not renew the DNA testing contract with the previous contractor. So again, I'm big on, I'm a law enforcement officer and I'll be one for the rest of my life. I don't believe in coincidences. Things just don't happen in life. Things are connected. You need to connect the dots. We have Hundreds of thousands of kids coming across our border being sexually uh, trafficked. We have females coming across and paying off their smuggling fees by doing prostitution. And you don't do anything to stop it. And then you take one of our tools, our DNA testing, and you throw it away. Why is that? Why is it? You have Jeffrey Epstein, a huge pedophile. No one leaks the Johns that actually procured in this well how is that yeah just connect the dots we live in we are the number one consumer of child pornography the united states of america we are like in the top three in actual trafficking of children in the world this is a like i said this is a very deep discussion when you start getting into it but it and i appreciate you allowing me the time to speak openly and have enough time to articulate this because it's not articulated, it's not spoken about because people makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah. But every time I look at my 12 year old son and I think, okay, we're gonna go to McDonald's, go see a movie, we're gonna go do our sports practice. Why does my son get to live that life when I was a former board patrol agent, saw what we did to the other children that are just expendable? And they say this in The Sound of Music. I don't know if you remember this. And why child sex trafficking is so, and women, 
to women and children. Sex trafficking is so lucrative, so powerful, and why they want it. Because when that cocaine, and I, and I hit that cocaine, that cocaine's gone, or that heroin, it's gone, right? I can't resell that. It's in my system. But I can resell a kid. Yeah. I can resell him five times a day for sexual pleasure for pedophiles a day times 365 days a year. I can make millions and millions off of one kid where yeah. I can just make a hundred bucks on a cell of a cocaine hit. You see how sick this is? It is. And it's, it's happening. It's happening right now. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that you can discuss this in a way. I just realized a sec, like I've been gritting my toes. This is, it's so rough to hear. Like I'm, I'm gritting my toes down underneath the desk and the mainstream media does not want to have this conversation. No, I remember Rolling Stone no. put out a, an article about the sound of freedom, calling it like a super, a superhero film for QAnon. Yeah. And then literally like two weeks later, they ran another headline article with some big wig like MSNBC or something like that. Who's been a child pedophile. Yes. For years. When you and start it's like, to look at this is two yeah. days apart. You're saying it doesn't mm -hmm. happen. And then two days later, oh, actually, it's right here in front of your face. And you look at yes. the picture of the guy, and the guy looks creepy. You just go, Yeah, how how does how does this happen? How does somebody like this get into power, hold power, and keep doing these things when me or you could take a look at him and go, This there's something up with this guy. Yep. But we have we have taken these unaccompanied alien children and because there's so many of them 5,000 6,000 coming every month we have nowhere to put them so when those they call them sponsors so when the sponsors yeah. show up 100% of the time they're illegal aliens yeah so we know they're illegal aliens we do nothing about it we don't even know who the hell they are and we give little Susie or little Jose to them could you imagine if I went in Idaho in your small town and I just showed up at the local elementary school. And I said, yeah, little Susie there, that seven-year-old girl with the beautiful blonde hair, she's mine. And the teacher goes, okay, sir. Well, you want my ID? No, 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 I don't need anything. Here that's racist. Sorry, that's racist. Don't show me your ID. That'd be racist. <laughs> yeah, it'd be racist. But I take Susie. Do you think there'd be a manhunt for me and for Susie? And those people from Idaho with their guns, they would be, I wouldn't get out of the state of Idaho no. before I got killed. But- it's okay in America to take over 100,000 kids and just let them disappear. Now tell me where we are more as, how is America the shiny city on the hill like Reagan described? Tell me, we're so bankrupt morally. We have a president taking millions of dollars of bribes. It's already been proven through 20 LLCs. We have children being sex trafficked. We have borders that completely wide open. I'm telling you as I'm speaking right now, and as multiple people in my position of uh, ability to get information will tell you right now, there is a young child in the border, on the border, that's five years old, that is being passed around by the cartels and are being sexually abused. There's women being raped on the southern border. And here's the, something that you don't want to know, but I'm going to tell you, and I have it in my book. Do you know that there are endless amounts of sexual rape and abuse in DHS custody? 
Ugh. You know that's happening in our custody? I don't doubt it. And the reason why, because you have cages. Remember the cages where AOC and those nut yeah. jobs were railing against Trump, saying, yeah. oh, you're a racist cages? They're actually those cages built were, by Obama. <laughs> by Obama. But under under Biden, those quote cages are supposed to hold 300, 400 kids. Now think of that. 400 kids. There's actually about 14 to 2,000 kids in those cages jammed in there. If I take 1,000, let's just take 1,000. Let's say that these cages are three times capacity, okay? I have 1,000. Six, if I go by my data, which is correct, six out of 10 are raped or sexually assaulted. So I have 600 kids. Their minds, not their own fault, their minds are warped because they've been sexually abused and they think this is normal and it's okay to touch other people like that. They're having sex and, and sexually abusing each other in these cages under our control. And then you say, well, where are the border patrol agents? Number one, border patrol agents are not corrections officers. No. Correction officer is a job that is a skill set. And you know how we do it? When I left the border patrol two years ago, do you know who was, who was watching these pods, they were volunteers throughout the U.S. government. So they had no training. They were, they were your secretary that worked at the Pentagon or a social worker, not even a social worker. It could be somebody that did federal contracting for masonry. They were the people in charge of making sure this was not, not happening. You could even get this pedophiles. You could even get pedophiles that hear about a program like that and position themselves to be behind that camera. Well, what? Why wouldn't you? I and there's no vetting. There, there's this is the land of insanity, and and when you and I try to put a rational explanation to it, we'll drive ourselves crazy because it's intentional. This everything that's happening on the border is done. And I, in the thesis of my book, when you break it down, I will tell you without apology, without hesitation, that we are seeing the, the fundamental transformation of America through our destruction of our immigration system. There's no other explanation. And when I have these discussions, I've been on liberal shows as well. I ask this question because they're indignant, right? Like, no, this, this, no way this is happening. And I go, okay, if it's not what I'm saying, then I want to give you the floor and you tell me why the border's wide open. Why do we have sexual trafficking of kids and women? Why do we have millions of people come across the border and there's no border patrol agents working the border? Explain to me, give me a reason. And there's always silence. Yeah. And then it turns out, well, you, you know, I don't believe you. Okay, you don't have to believe me. Fact check me. Yeah. Can, you, can you do anything intellectually honest and just look into it? I mean, you have to be a halfwit to think that this is done accidentally. Yeah, no. Secretary uh, Mayorkas, yeah. He, Secretary Mayorkas is a highly intelligent man. He's not a dummy. He doesn't do things stupidly. He was the youngest, one of the youngest U.S. attorneys in the history of American law enforcement. As an immigrant from Cuba, rose up. He was the head director of USCIS, huge department. He was second in command of DHS under Obama. And now he's the secretary of DHS with incredible immense amount of power. And if you look back to the start of his career, he has, has had his hand in every policy decision that is now being affected and being abused in America. 
So do not tell me this is not intentional. Yeah, and that no. America is going to reap this. I'm with you. I'm not one of these guys that thinks that government is just incapable of doing anything right. I think there is evil in the world, and I think it has infiltrated our government to a degree that is unhealthy for this country. Uh, I agree. So here's another connection I wanted to ask about fentanyl. Uh, it's killed friends of mine. It's killed tons of people. It seems like nothing gets done in China without the say of the Chinese communist party, similar to America in a lot of ways. Is there a connection between the cartels and the CCP to bring this fentanyl into our country? Like I, it seems like they're trying to poison our population. Um, it's already been proven that that's happened. Yeah. It's, 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 it's proven. It's not even a question of, is it happening? So fentanyl, if your audience doesn't know, is a synthetic opioid. Okay. It's very cheap to make, but the, the ingredients of it is for whatever reason, China has it and they make it, they ship it to Mexico then you take your cocaine and your heroin and you cut it. So I don't have to use, let's say I have to use 100% cocaine. But if I have fentanyl, eh, maybe I just use 60% cocaine yeah. or 70, right? Because I'm going to fill it with this fentanyl. And we've already seen, in fact, I'll give you, I wish I had this. I apologize, I don't. But it's an article where the president, Obrador of Mexico, wrote a letter to Xi Jinping, the president of China, and said, you cannot continue to send your fentanyl here. Of course, China came back and said, you're crazy. We're not. This isn't happening. And then Oberdor, to his credit, I don't like him, but to his credit said, well, we found a shipping container on one of your vessels from China containing fentanyl. And we know it's connected to you because, like you said, China runs everything. They run all the shipping. Nothing yeah. leaves China without their blessing. So China's shipping fentanyl to Mexico. Mexico's, the cartels are cutting their, their heroin and cocaine up. They're making fake uh, pain pills. Yeah. So un, like, let's say teenagers, and we're seeing this, teenagers, they want to take Oxycontin or Percocet or something. They're actually taking a fentanyl pill. Yeah. And all you need is a little salted dust of fentanyl and it kills you it, it suffocates you. you can't breathe yeah a tiny tiny bit of it i was on it tiny after bit. i after i got hurt they i was a drug addict for years i was clean for like five years before i got hurt so when they got me in the hospital they were giving me normal pain medication just wasn't doing what they needed right. it to do so they would put me on fentanyl and they were terrified of the amounts that they were putting on me because i was a i was I, I was a serious drug addict. I was not one of these like party on the weekend drug addict. I was, a, right. I was a real drug addict. I did a lot of drugs. So they're putting this crap on me. And at one point the doctor told me that they had enough fentanyl on my body in patches to kill a horse that had never mm -hmm. taken fentanyl. You could put it on and kill a horse. It's terrifying. It's, it's what it's 50% or hundred percent stronger than um, morphine. Yeah. It's and the they strongest use it in the hospitals. It's the strongest yeah. opioid synthetic opioid on, in existence there's nothing stronger than it it should not be okay. it, it's not a party drug like no for normal no, people no. this will kill you like i i'm yes. a drug addict i know a lot about drugs i know like what drugs i could give to people who had never done drugs before and how much like you want to try oxycotton for your first time okay i can give you this much 
you might get a little sick to your stomach, but you're going to be okay, essentially. Yeah, but how many people How many people can determine Oxycontin from fentanyl? Exactly. Man. One drop of fentanyl can kill a person who's who has no tolerance. It's just, well, it's, it's irresponsible. Like, yeah. as a drug addict, I, I know that people are going to do drugs. And my advice to people at this point is like, even for families, and this is a terrible thing to have to wrestle with, you should probably have a big drawer of drug test kits in your house and don't count them. Just have them there. You know, if your kids are going to go to a party, have the kit. Even if you're not going to take it, if your friend's going to take it, use the kit. Make sure it's not going to kill you. And that sucks. Well, like, it's a terrible yeah. position to put people in. Well, you look at Biden's second year in office. He had 107,000 overdose deaths. 67,000 of them were fentanyl related. So you're looking at almost 70, 65, 70% of all drug overdose deaths were because of fentanyl. And it's coming straight from Mexico. And yet we do not shut our borders. Think of this is an act of war. Yes, right? absolutely. So we're, we just spent, what is it? We People debate, but it's about three to $4 trillion on the war on terror in Afghanistan, Iraq, Ukraine now, blah, blah, blah. But you can't spend any money on a war that's going on in your country. We have not lost since, okay, let's take four years. Let's just say the last four years we've lost 350,000 people to overdose deaths. Have we lost 350,000 people in the 21 years of the war on terror? Nope, not even close. But we'll sit here silently as our brothers and sisters get murdered from taking drugs they had no idea that that crap's yeah. in it right these are accidental deaths. Those, these are not like right. drug addicts who are are no. looking to get high like drug addicts know what they're doing these are accidental yes. deaths yes accidental Tragedies. deaths and we're and we're, we're not doing anything so let's look at the total i always say i always like to for my argument i pull myself back take the emotion out let's look at the totality of it am i am i thinking correctly or am i immersed in the echo chamber so when i pull myself back and i say the government is intentionally destroying america they are the enemy of our people and our world is full of evil versus good i take that theory i step back and i go okay let's test it are you right or are you overstating it well, let's look at it i got 10 to 15 million people in my country illegally in three years on purpose, intentionally done. I have sex trafficking of minors, little children, one years old, being passed around. By the tens of thousands, I have women in the millions being sexually trafficked. I have US citizens dying in the tens of thousands because of the fentanyl and over 150,000 just off of overdose drugs, hard narcotics coming from Mexico. And if I look at the totality of this that's happening, hell no, I'm not. I'm not off base. I'm right. Yeah. I'm not right about everything in my life, but damn it, I'm right about this. I lived it. I know exactly what's happening. I know the abuses within DHS using parole and asylum and catch and release and, and all the plethora of the terminology that they're using that the average citizen, no fault of their own, would have no idea what the hell's going on. I do because I lived it. I know what forms they're talking about. I know what yeah. they're they're getting away from. This is this is 
evil. And I call it out on my book. These are traitors to our nation. Absolutely. And I will not retract those words. And I'll say it out loud here. And I will not apologize because I believe strongly, strongly. And I don't know how you feel about this. You can take everything that's wrong in America that's happening. And it is because men sat by silently and just nodded or turned their face from it because they were afraid to speak the truth and point out that's absurd and that's wrong. You can't do that. We didn't. We just sat by and allowed it to happen. Yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing that in my life. I was, I was a lineman and I start hearing these people go crazy about climate change. Oh, we've got to get rid of coal and gas and oil and all this shit. And so I go, okay, look, I'm not the guy who's going to be able to look through these scientific studies and see if they're right about the weather. Like, I'm not that guy. What I can do is look at their proposed solutions and see if Mm -hmm. it's a viable option. And when they tell me we want to build hundreds and hundreds of thousands of windmills and then another 500,000 miles of power lines by 2030, I go, that's, that's impossible. And not only is it impossible, we could we couldn't do it if we want. We don't have the people, we don't have the manpower. It's just not possible. You look at what they're doing, they go, okay, we're gonna shut this plant down and shut that plant down and mm-hmm. shut that plant down and shut that plant down. And we're gonna build the the wind. Don't worry about it. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. This is a deindustrialization movement and it's evil. Yep. I look at it and I go, This yes, is evil. Is. This is evil. Yep. They are trying to deindustrialize us. They're putting us into a an electronic cage. You might be able to drive around in your little electric car and get from one town to another, but essentially this is the way that they control us. Yes, I agree hundred percent. So hundred percent. Last question for you. This is such a mess. Like I'm, I'm a libertarian. I'm very anti-war, but like you said, this is an act of war. And I think there's some things that our military should be used for. And it's disgusting to me that there's nobody down there trying to do anything. So let's say you're, you're the borders are for the day. You get carpe diem to do whatever you want. What do you do to fix this? How easy or hard would it be? How long is it going to take? I have this in my final chapter of my book and it's chat and it's called solutions because I never want to be the guy that just pounds the table and say, this is what's wrong. I want to come with a solution. And here's the, the, the border problem is, is so layered and so complex because they want it that way. But the solutions do not mirror the complexities. They're very simple. In fact, President Trump already instituted them and they worked. If I was in charge, I would do exactly what President Trump did, but I would do it immediately. Militaries on the border, day one. All this happens immediately. We're not waiting for triggers, right? Day one, go. Within one day, I have the military on the border, all 2,000 miles, the coastlines, Coast Guard and Navy controls it, and my northern border shut down too. I build the fence, immediately gets constructed. Don't tell me it's going to take me five months or a year. I want it done now, and I want it working 24 hours a day. I institute E-Verify immediately. You cannot get a job, you can't work, you can't get a a house, whatever. You have to prove that you're a U.S. citizen. Everybody in the DHS database now, meaning you're waiting for asylum or parole, you're out. I'm flushing the system. Everyone's gone. It's fraudulently. Everyone's out. 
Those are the first few things that I would do and it would, in, it would work perfectly. We did this before. It's not like it never happened. I, President Eisenhower did this and he called it Operation Wetback. Horrible name. <laughs> I can't look back from 2023. This was the actual. Oh my God. I can't believe term. I've never heard of that. I got to look that up. Never heard of Operation Wetback. No, what that's incredible. Was, yep. And look it up. And he said, all the illegal aliens in America, you will leave immediately. And if you're caught, I'm going to withhold any relief for you. Meaning you're never going to come back as, as a, a, a immigrant of a spouse or of, of, Nothing. You get nothing. Why can't we do that again? We're the United States of America. Are you telling me that I can send a spaceship out to Mars and collect dust samples and pictures and send them back to, to a, a station and print it out like an old Polaroid and see everything and take the samples, but I can't build a wall to keep a three-year-old Guatemalan out? Are you insane? Am I supposed to believe that America is that incompetent and that impotent? No, I won't. So you shut the border down. I'll give you an example. You come home after a long day at work and your basement's flooded. The pipe broke. Do you just close the door and go, oh, I hope that goes away. <laughs> yeah. No, you go and you shut the main off, which is build the fence. You don't sit there and let the water sit in your basement because you're going to have disease, etc. You remove the water, remove the illegal aliens from your nation. And then you go back, you don't turn the water back on, you go back and you figure out what's broken in those pipes. Same thing, you build the wall. And I always love this. JJ, a wall doesn't, that won't, that won't work. I, oh, really? Do you have a door in your house <laughs> yeah. or your apartment? Right. And they look at me shocked and I go, well, if it's not that big a deal, take it off its hinges and tell me how well you sleep tonight. Yeah. Do you see the absurdity, the baseline of... This, the left or not even the left so much, the anti-American, America-hating crowd, I want to transform America. Do you see how, how shallow their beliefs and ideals are? I mean, you, you, it doesn't take an intellectual giant to go, that makes no sense, that's stupid. And they, they crumble. And then it's just, but you ask me what I do, it's immediate, military yeah. on the border, build the wall. Everyone here, you got one week. Pack your crap and get out. Now, and I want this to be understood before I leave, if I could have one minute. Of course. Why this is so important as well from a moral perspective is the people that we're bringing into our nation, we're abusing. We're abusing them. When I, I, I told you about me and my wife and my kids coming into America, one thing that I don't give them in all the paperwork that I give them, I give, I, I hold back one document that is vital. I don't give them a work authorization document. They can't work in America. Do you know that there are some immigration courts that are all the way filled, the dockets filled until 2032? 2032. So how am I supposed to feed my family? I don't legally. So now what, what we have done as Americans our government, we created a, here's Americans that are working. I now have, as a chamber of commerce, a corporation, agricultural giant, I now have millions upon millions of illegal immigrants that cannot work legally. And I'm going to pay them whatever the hell I want. And then I'm going to abuse them because they have no recourse. They're not U.S. citizens. They can't go complain to anyone. 
They live in crap hovels. Is that America? That's not America as I know it. So when I talk about building the wall, securing the border, getting American sovereignty, I'm also saying that yes, I can agree that we need legal immigrants to come in, but we're gonna do it legally and we're gonna provide them the protections of our constitution. Because when you're brought over legally, they have the same constitutional rights as I do. But when they're brought over illegally, they have no constitutional rights. The Americans can do whatever the hell they want to them. Yeah. And that's the crutch. If you want, I want American sovereignty and I want when immigrants come into our country, I want them treated with dignity and respect. And the same as I would want my neighbor to have, the same as I want my wife or my son to have. But to deny another human being that is immoral and is anti-American. We don't, we don't believe in that in America. It's anti-human. And that's it. It's anti-human. And at the base level, it's wrong. Just at the base level, it's wrong. So that's what I would do. JJ, it's been a pleasure having you on. That was incredible. You take care. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night.